ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. About to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Vortex Optics. Proudly made in the USA, Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head over to SasquatchFuel.com. Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what TAP delivers. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So we're on with Mr. Ross Sharp, Ross, uh, the Crazy Elk Company. Good evening, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Kind of a, well, I wouldn't say a long time coming, but it's been a little while. We talked about it. We had you on the, uh, when we were doing those giveaway lives, um, having some fun when uh, we first got struck with <laughs> the madness right. that we talked about before we hit record. Um, that was that, that was only supposed to be a couple of weeks, and now we're three months into it. Yeah, madness. Absolute madness, man. Um we may end up going there because you said something about balance that I like. So we'll probably throw balance back in there. But we uh, try to steer clear of some of that political <laughs> that political talk, yeah. man. It's so it, the muddy. The, the waters are so muddied with stuff, man. It's just it's insane. So 
uh, in true Western Contours form, man, why don't you, um, you know, give folks some background, let them know, you know, where you got your start in the outdoors, a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Ross Sharp. I am the owner of the Crazy Elk Company. Um, I, I, everybody's kind of maybe had the story where, they, you know, they grew up hunting with their dad or something. I wasn't really... My dad wasn't really an outdoorsman. My dad liked golf. He liked sports. Um, and as a young kid, I had an uncle who took me fishing and I loved going fishing all the time. And then uh, I started getting, you know, 10, 11, 12, and he, he would take me out on some bird hunts with him. And I, you know, I was really digging it. And then it, everything kind of stopped for a while. I'm not really sure why that was, but um, I live, I, I grew up in kind of like a rural sur suburban area off out of Tacoma, Washington. And, you know, I, growing up back now, I'm like, I don't know, it wasn't the greatest places to live. Um, but when you're a kid, you know, you really don't know, but I kind of started getting in trouble a lot. And that's when my uncle kind of showed back up, which pretty much, I think my uncle was pushed by my aunt and, you know, Hey, go, go bring him in and, you know, do something with him. And so he started, you know, he took me to Hunter's Ed. He drove me every single day for two weeks. And, and then I went on my first bird hunt where I was actually allowed to, to hunt and not just be a bird dog. And then he started taking, and then he started taking me hunting and I just fell in love with it, man. And, um, since the, since the day I started hunting, I wasn't hanging out with the bad crowd kids anymore. Cause like my focus was, I wanted to be out in the woods. I wanted to do what I could to get out in the woods. Um, and that's, you know, how I grew a passion for hunting. Um, and I hunted with my uncle for many years and then he got older and had some health problems and he couldn't, uh, really go on our annual trips anymore. And some guys I know from high school, um, they hunted too. And, you know, they knew my uncle and everything. They're like, Hey Ross, you know, why don't you come on in with us? And so I started elk hunting with them. And I've been elk hunting with them ever since. And that's now we're going, we're pushing 35, 40 years doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a yearly thing. We go all the time. It's me and um, my two high school buddies and their dad. And then, you know, every once in a while, there's some new new uh, guys that show up here and there. And this year, actually, it's the first year my niece is going to go elk hunting. Um, I've been taking her hunting since she was 12. Um, and she's 21 now, so she's she's pretty excited. She did the teenage thing where, you know, she kind of, boys were more important in hunting, so she kind of went away for a while. But now that she's getting older, she's like, hey, I want to get back into hunting. I'm like, hey, let's go elk hunting. So how does that, how does that work in Washington, right? Is, is it Washington has, you know, uh, your modern weapon? I forget how it, how it lines up there. Um, so archery starts in uh september and then there's a muzzleloader and you know archery's two to three weeks long depending um and then there's a muzzleloader season which is usually like a week and then there's a break uh this is for elk i'm talking about mm -hmm. and then All we care about um, then there, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and there's and there's a break and then rifle season starts up and that's normally um you know a week week and a half long endeavor uh starts on a saturday ends on a sunday unless you draw a special permit which 
the state here is broken up into Eastern Washington and Western Washington. And Western Washington, there there are special draws, but there's a lot of general units where you can go shoot um, any uh, bull as long as it's three points or better. Um, in Eastern Washington, you can't shoot a branch bull at all unless you draw a special tag. And if you don't draw a special tag, you're basically just hunting spikes. They have these spike-only units everywhere, which is what I basically grew up doing. Um, and I've become pretty proficient at finding spikes. I was almost crazy spike rather than crazy elk back in the day, but but uh, it ended up with crazy elk. Yeah, I got a buddy, Keith Naylor, out of Utah, and that's his gig, man. Uh, spike bull, That's I mean, that dude is all about it. <laughs> no shame yeah, in the game I mean, either. Loves it. I mean, they're not as big as a, you know, a big bull, but, you know, a spike, that's still – still a hefty pile of meat um and it's you know it's it's it's, it's good tasting so got to do what you got to do and just wait for the chances to get drawn in between and then go hunt other states that let you hunt big bulls you know yeah that's kind of the dilemma we're i mean here we don't have a spike season um i think there is probably two two hunts on cow unless you're you know youth and then she's man i got 17 points and i i'm still getting rejected i got my draw results last week so it's all out yeah, of state I, stuff i got rejected too i'm hunting montana this year but for everything in house i got blanked so you're i got your, like your deer is on all on draw kind of similar or you guys got otc on no, that as well deer, or uh deer there are special units that are you know special times of the year um, that they have the special draws for deer and special units that are only open at certain times. But yeah, there's, there's, there's pretty much you buy one deer tag. It's good for the whole state. You can go wherever you want, as long as there's a, a unit open. And there usually is, it's, it's pretty crazy during the general season. I like the late hunts myself where there's not as many people. So with that archery season starting, does that does that muzzleloader overlap with archery, or that archery is two to three weeks done deal straight into muzzleloader? Uh, it's it doesn't overlap. It's basically like one ends on a Sunday and the next starts on a Monday, or you know, like that. Sometimes, like some of the units up here, they've broken into um, there is a special draw rifle tag, and they call it the quality rut hut rut, rut hunt. And so in some areas, you know, there's probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 areas where they do a archery season stops. They open up these quality areas for five days for, you know, it's usually one or two rifle guys that draw the tag and they go, they get to go in there and hunt um, big bulls with rifle during the rut. And then after that, the muzzleloader season kicks in. Yeah. Cause you know, I've been hunting Colorado and they had the, phenomenal phenomenal idea of giving you two weeks of archery kicking off muzzle loader while the archery season is going and uh oh, man, wow. you want to talk about a game changer so you get basically I, like this year i think season starts on the third and then muzzle loader kicks off plus or minus the 12th now then you know that entire time you're in archery season and uh last year yeah it was uh really went dry <laughs> we'll just say so it was, is, is colorado a 
weapon specific season or can you like the first couple weeks use your archery equipment and then jump into muzzy yeah yeah you can use your your archery equipment if you want to go muzzle loader you could and you can keep hunting archery yeah, through yeah. that muzzle loader season gotcha but it's rough cool yeah you know what i mean packing packing 800 some odd miles with uh, a couple three weapons <laughs> not really <laughs> not really something i considered man i get my butt kicked this year i might uh i might have to <laughs> i might have to figure that one out <laughs> right that muzzle loader played a leveler we got beat up i haven't been good. to colorado yet it's on my hit list i just haven't gotten there yet you know man it is a a phenomenally beautiful place um and the areas, I mean, it, it's like everywhere you turn, you can get in and get into animals. We saw some great deer, ton of bear. The elk were, you know, they say the largest herd in the nation. Uh, I believe it, but it, it's just, it's so vast. Um, and the nooks and right. crannies, you know, coupled with the private land. Um, it, it's not, it's not an easy hunt it's not you know you're not going to colorado because of those numbers and and knocking right. it out of the park i was looking at last year's no was it last year's maybe 2018 stats and then what was available from 2019 and i'm going to say that they're below nine percent um overall oh, wow. as far as success through that archery season so those numbers uh those numbers are I, I guess they could be deceiving the the opportunity is there but you you definitely got to work for it man definitely got to right. work and there's a lot of folks out there right looking for that otc opportunity um right. so those crowds you know it wasn't horrible I, i'm i've seen worse but uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't a walk in the park trying to get away from people either yeah i want you know kind of like the social media thing. I've read all these articles that since all these Facebook hiking groups have formed and telling people where they're going, like every trailhead you go to in Colorado now is just full of people who've never hiked before, but now they have direction, you know? So they're out there doing what you can and it just makes it harder for the hunters. But yeah, I think that's, I mean, well, I, at least for our scenario this year, that is definitely last year. We're definitely increasing the miles away um from roads and trailheads this year right you know it was last year that the area we picked wasn't horrible we didn't run across a ton of people but you know you get a couple miles down that uh down that dirt road and it man it was loaded it was like whoa and i think we were there what 11 days we probably in the woods we probably saw two to three folks um at the base camp though i mean it was just constant traffic on that uh on that road we were off of so the pressure was there yeah that's the like the one thing here in washington the place where me and my buddies go elk hunting um it's totally on the opposite end of the state the farthest i can possibly drive you know i'm basically on the corner of washington oregon and idaho down there in the blue mountains and yeah it's a drive to get there but there's not as many people that hunt there. And even when the hunting like was great and the reason it was great is because the blue mountains at the time had some really good management and the quality of the bulls were phenomenal. Um, since then, I don't know, past five or six years, it's kind of gone downhill. And so the lack of people is even, even you know, better. We, we can go down there where we put our camp and, 
uh, we camp at the end of this one road and we hunt from out from our camp. And I think last year when we were there, we only had two people come down where we were, you know, so we basically had this humongous range all by ourselves. Yeah. Just for the solitude, even if you're not in the animals, <laughs> you just get right. away from the masses is, uh, is a plus, yeah, it's, man. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks when you when you when you bust your ass and over every bridge you come, there's another guy. You know, it's nice nice to just be able to get out there. But I will say, having people out there has worked to my advantage. It, it, you know, sometimes I was gonna say, if you can figure out how to use those crowds to your advantage, then you're one up on everybody else because those animals are gonna react, man. I've gotten more than one elk on loose flips and. Uh, just watching people like, you know, I'll see a herd away and then I'll see these guys and I'll try to predict um, where those elk are going to go and, you know, get down there to where I can cut them off. And that comes with the fact that here in Washington, I've been hunting this unit for, you know, like I said, 30 years. So I, I know like every trail, I know every drainage, I know where they're going to go. And so it, it works out. I'm, the funniest, funniest thing one time was, uh, it was a, even it was getting in the evening and my buddies were on a ridge across from me and I was sitting in the spot overlooking this uh Christmas tree spot where we figured these elk were going to come out of and all of a sudden my buddies you know let me know that there was somebody behind me and I turn around and I see this orange vest and I'm like oh man and he comes down to where I'm at he literally sits like 25 yards away from me and I'm like what the hell, dude? You know, can't you see I'm sitting here and wearing this big bright orange thing? It says Hunter, I'm right here. And uh he just he didn't even look at me, he just kept looking down this thing. He probably did that for 10 minutes, and then finally he kind of turned towards me and he just kind of gave me a wave, and I'm I just kind of gave him a shoulder shrug, like, you know, what's what up? <laughs> right. And then uh he got up and he walked away. And I don't know, it was probably 15, 20 minutes later, it finally got dark. So I started going out of there while I caught up to him on the ridge going out and he's like, Hey, you know, sorry, sorry that we're down there. Um, but you know, we know that there's a big bull down there and our buddy who's not going to be here for like three days who has the tag for that unit for a big bull. So we're just trying to keep an eye on it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I saw that big bull, um, and some cows. He goes, but I don't have a big bull tag. He's like, well, there's a spike down there too, which I hadn't seen at the time. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I said, well, have a good day. And I went back up to camp and I said, hey, boys, apparently there's a couple spikes in that, in that group we've been looking. So we went back there the next morning. And sure enough, it wasn't even 15 minutes in shooting light and I shot that sucker. Oh, that's nice. I was going to say that's, <laughs> a, that's a rough one, right? I mean, you know, it's public land. But there's a level of etiquette necessary. You know what I mean? If I I don't care if I'm trying to get eyes on something that I know is there. If there's a guy on a sit and I see him, I don't I don't care the circumstance, man. I am backing out. Yep, count your losses and go somewhere else. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's a rough one. And I and and maybe it's me, right? But I I hear that more and more where guys are like, "Well, I'm here too." Okay, that's great. But man, you you gotta. There's a level of etiquette, guys. <laughs> if you see a guy in the spot, I don't care if you if you're claiming the spot as your own. If someone's there, you know, have some decency. We're all working. We're all working the same to get after it. 
Yep. Yep. Etiquette's important. That's kind of, um, I told you before we got on the podcast that, you know, I'm really big into the mentoring thing and, uh, you know, cause my uncle mentored me. Now, granted, I don't hunt the way he hunted. His idea of me hunting was he had this little tree stand thing that sat, you know, two feet off the ground and against the tree. And I would sit there and overlook this clearing and not move until he came back. You know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that, that ain't working for me, but you know, I mean, it, they, they had a circuit, you know, they, they, it worked for, uh, like my aunt used to go. And back in the day, my uncle would build like a little outhouse structure full of wood before the season. And he was a long, he was in a place that they knew that they'd be crossing through or whatever. And it would be a nice place where she could just sit and have a view, but she had like the propane stove in there and she'd always have a hot, you know, pot of coffee or some, something warm to eat or, you know, hot chocolate in my case, cause I was a kid. And from that stand, she got, I want to say she shot like four or five bulls, um, over the years, you know, but yeah, it's not, not my style of hunting. I can't, I can sit for a while, but I, I got to move and, Look for stuff. The, the, I'm going to um, the honey shack, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the last years I hunted with my uncle, we went back there and actually it was torn down and there was a big note on there from the Forest Service saying no permanent structures, national forest land and whatever. You know, that was back in the day. But yeah, um, as far as mentoring, you know, I love, I mean, as you know, and if anybody doesn't believe it, you can just go look at the numbers. Uh, the hunting population is decreasing. It's kind of, you know, ticking up a little bit with women who are really getting into the outdoors. Um, but overall, the numbers aren't terrific. And if we can't encourage somebody to go hunting or, or you know, besides, you know, teaching your kids, that's kind of obvious thing. But, you know, if you see somebody in the break room at work who shows an interest in your stories or whatever, say, hey, you know, you want to come hunting. You know, I, I really encourage people to take people hunting. With that said, I, I'm getting better, but I really struggle because um, you got to be careful who you take hunting. Uh, the reason I say that, I've taken some people hunting. You know, I've shown them what I know. It's, you know, I'm not a genius by any, by any means, but I show them what I know, get them comfortable being in the woods and most of them have moved on and, you know, made other friends and they go hunting together somewhere else. But then I have had individuals who, you know, they were welcomed into our camp. We, you know, kind of showed them the ropes, kind of showed them what we do, how we do things. And then, you know, some feathers got ruffled over a number of years and just asked that guy to leave our camp. But now, every year, he feels that he can bring whoever he wants, and he hunts the same place we do, and he brings people in there, and he pitches his tent like 100 yards away from us. And we're like, really, dude? <laughs> Move on, you know? Yeah. But it is what it is. It's public land, but it's still, like you said, etiquette. Man. It, you know, so that's one of my things. Like, I'll, you know, I'll... 
I'm not trying to sound sound any way, but take a guy under the wing, um, help a guy out, however you want to say that. And I have caveats, right. man. You know, like I'll take you to a spot that I've been successful in. You go in there and, you know, year one harvest or year two harvest. If you don't harvest, you know, that's fine. You'll probably end up moving on on your own. But if you do harvest, bug out of the area, right? Don't, don't call that yours. This is a... I don't want to say a give me, but you know, this is me trying to mentor or help someone through the process, shorten that learning curve, take some of the frustration out and keep you in the demographic. Um, right. And bug out after that, go explore it. And then once you get to a point, if this is a st still a viable area, well, you know, play that forward, pay it forward and introduce someone else to this area and give them the same caveat and then get out of there. But you're not going to learn nothing attacking that area year after year after year after year you just you get stagnant and man yeah you know you go in there and you see that guy <laughs> and he has a buddy or two with him and you're like uh dude what's going on you know and i'll yeah. call him well, out in the heartbeat yeah i uh you're, you're a little nicer or i don't know i i kind of stay away from this guy just because of there's there's some bad blood uh but, uh, you know, that's not really worth going into, but, you know, like, like I said, when I was, when I was mentoring, you know, I'm not afraid to go anywhere. I will go, I will go to where the elk are, where there's a lot of people who want the elk to come to them. And this guy, this guy, for instance, one year, I think it was his first year he hunted with us. Um, we knew that there was a herd of elk. And we knew that there was spikes down there and we, we basically surrounded this basin and we split up and he, he went with me and my other buddies went to the other side. And then when we got to a point, I said, okay, you go down this trail, you're going to come to this big rock. I said, just sit there. I'm going to go down, you know, quarter of a mile on this other point and the other guys are going to be across from you. Well, I was going to my, my point and I look over and I see him going up towards my buddies. And later on, come to find out, he's like, oh, I didn't think it was a good spot. Well, later that night, sure enough, those elk came out of there. And those elk literally walked 25 yards from where he would have been sitting. And he would have had, had his first elk, right? And I'm like, dude, if you, you know, you've been bugging me for years to bring you elk hunting. And then you don't even bother to listen to what we have to say. And then another year, he was across from me on a ridge. And I let him know, hey, there's a herd of elk on your side. They're probably about a mile down the ridge. And he said, how far? And I said, a mile. And he, he's like, yeah, I'm not going there. That's too far. I'm like, okay, whatever. So from my side, I busted down Canyon and uh, ended up shooting a spike out of that group. And then we have this thing, if you don't help, you don't get any meat. Well, he was down there and, you know, helping us carry out meat. And I just kind of looked at him. I said, you're down here now, aren't you? I said, you could have, <laughs> you know, this could have been your elk, but no, you didn't want to come down here to actually work for it. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> we we kind of tangented off the mentorship, but I think it's an important conversation. I'm laughing because man, do you learn a lot about a dude in the woods? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do. You do. You know, there, there's another guy from our camp. It's funny. Uh, it's basically, you know, half hour after coffee hits, it's time to go to the bathroom. And, you know, there's a couple mornings where we knew, like we saw where these 
Elkworth, you know, that night. So that morning we, we were busting our butt to get there and he didn't do that morning routine. And on the trail, he's like, Oh man. <laughs> and you know, one day he came home with only one sock. The next time he, he only came home with a one sleeve t-shirt, you know, yeah, you get to know people in the woods pretty good. Oh man. It's something else, man. All right. So, <laughs> so we can tangent on that one back and forth so much. So, so back to mentorship, if you weren't done with it. Yeah. So I think, you know, introducing people to the outdoors, because if we don't have people in the outdoors in the future, you know, all the money that we spend on, you know, licenses and fees and all, you know, all the equipment you buy, all, you know, the conservation that that produces, if the hunters are going to go away and the numbers are going to get smaller and smaller, there's not as much money going into managing all the wildlife. There's not as much money as going into those funds. And they're, it's eventually going to come to a point where say, Hey guys, no hunting season. And that, you know, you know, that was, that was scary this year you know, looking at for me with the elk is going out of state and the plan was to go up to Oregon and state started closing. I'm talking to my buddies up there and they're like, yeah, you know, we're good. We're open. And I think it was two days later they shut down the non-res and I was like, Oh my gosh, man. And, you know, listen to guys, yep. well, I don't know if I'm going to even worry about out of state. Um, you know, we may not even be able to hunt here. And I'm like, well, we still have to buy, at bare minimum, we have to buy our license, even if you think you're right. not going to hunt or if you're right, worried right. about the finances because of that shutdown. If we don't spend right. the money, we're going to feel that ripple effect for more than just this season or next season, in my opinion. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, my big uh, mentorship thing now is uh, besides, you know, taking people that want to go. Um, as I'm involved in called you it's youth outdoors unlimited. And, um, they take kids that have, um, you know, seriously life-threatening illnesses or people who are been disabled and don't have it very easy. I don't, I don't remember what the age cutoff is. I want to say it might be like 18, but, um, they do a lot of good work and taking these kids who, um, couple, some of the kids have never even hunted before, but, someone that was in treatment with him, you know, talked about the hunt and they, they were excited. And now these guys, they come to the banquets every year and they're excited to go hunting every year. We can't take the same kids every year because we're trying to get everybody else involved, but it gives them a passion and a love to do something, you know, which might take their mind off of what they're going through, you know, and, and that really, the first hunt I went on, uh, was this kid, I think he was two months clean from cancer. He was only 14, 14 years old. And just looking at the kid, he like he had no emotion when we first met. And we got him into, you know, got him into elk and the elk were bugling. First day we had a, two spikes and I thought we probably should have shot him. The guy that was actually running the hunt knows the area really well. He's like, oh no, we got we got three days. We're 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 good. You know, we're gonna get a big bull. Well, it ended up because of his condition. You know, he couldn't walk fast enough. Sometimes he couldn't get to where we needed him to be. And then the getting comfortable behind a gun, um, it didn't work out for him in those those days we had. But when I left there, um, and I didn't even see it, it was sent to me later. 
when we stood in a picture, the smile that was on that kid's face was priceless. I mean, I'm like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm also working on once uh, Crazy Elk starts going the way I hope it goes, um, on doing another type of mentorship of people who, you know, are interested, kids mostly. Um, I don't know why I'm drawn to the kids. I think, I just think, uh, they're easier to get along with than adults at times. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to, you know? to pass the values, to pass the values yeah. of hunting down to the younger generation, in my opinion, I don't know that there's anything more substantial and without getting too political or cliche, we lack it as a society, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, if you look at the values that, that 95% of the hunters walk around with, man, uh, that's stuff that we need to be holding on to real tight. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I cannot disagree with you at all. It's 100% correct. Yeah. It's, uh, it's scary. But introducing, and I love it, right? And it's a weird, it's kind of a weird imbalance, right? And I don't have a problem with how anybody approaches hunting as long as you're doing it responsibly and ethically and shedding a good light on it. But, you know, when you see, like we talk about the women in hunting and that being the largest or fastest growing demographic in hunting right now. Right. But to see the light come on, and the purity that a new hunter should have there's they're not convoluted or influenced by you know call it social media or outside influence um right and, and there's a level of of folks that are but i would i would say in my opinion generally speaking women and kids are less likely to have that that air about them, right? I, I see posts and there's guys that have been hunting six months and it's, you got this big right. old long ass cliche post and it's, right. you know what I mean? It's just like, oh man. So I love, <laughs> I love seeing women and, you, and the kids out there, man, just enjoying it for what it is. Right. You know, not well, trying to impress, it, just being impressed. It, it does something for yourself as well. Like, you know, I mean, the evolution of a hunter, you know, like when I first got into hunting, I was hunting, 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 you know, I mean, I still am, it's on my mind, you know, 24 seven, it drives my wife nuts. But, um, uh, you know, how you start out is I got to kill the biggest thing in the world. You know, I got, I got, I got to be this record holder, you know, whatever. And into what I am now is I love to hunt, but I love spending time with my friends um, because I mean, those are valuable times. You know, the, like the guys I go elk hunting with now, a couple of them, I only see that elk season. That's it. You know, I, because our lives get so busy and they, they, we don't live close to each other anymore. You know, um, it, you just get so much out of hunting and then helping these kids and, you know, teaching kids, it just takes you back to what, how pure and how, it makes you feel to be out there, you know, like when a kid hears a, you know, you and I, we've heard how many bugles. I'm still like a kid in the candy store every time I hear a bugle, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but when you, when you see that kid hear it for the first time, um, they just, 
just does something to you. It just brings you back. You're ruining those children. <laughs> yeah. oh, you, you want to talk about ruining children. My niece, when she was 12, got her hunter safety uh, certificate. Her first year, I took her, um, I took her uh, turkey hunting and I tried to get her up, you know, super early and she was him and her haunt. She didn't do it. And we ended up getting up a little late, but I literally got out of the car. And as I'm opening the door, a turkey gobbles. And I look at her and I said, get your gun. Let's go. I, we, we walked 50 yards from my truck and within the first five minutes of her first day hunting, she got a turkey <laughs> later that fall, later that fall, I took her deer hunting and I hooked up um, some private land through a buddy of mine and we went there and in the first 20 minutes, she got a nice three by four buck. You know, it's like 22 inches wide. It's like, <laughs> yeah, ruined. She hasn't gotten anything since. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I don't know, man. I, I can't say beginner's luck because when I started, it took me, she's, I, I did it, you know, kind of on my own and it took me, I think four years. Shoot. I think it was four yeah. years before I even saw a deer, man. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm torn in that. Right. Because you, you get out, you shoot an animal and I don't know. Most folks don't get the big picture in something like that, right? I, I don't know. Right. I almost feel like it could decrease the value in what it really is about and the experience, right? And and yeah. that could be a heck of a slap in the face. But if she's still after it and she hasn't harvested anything since, then, you know, it. Uh, oh, she's learning. She, she, lo- <laughs> she, she, she loves it, you know. Um, she had an opportunity a couple years ago, but it didn't pan out. Um but yeah, no, she loves it. She's, she's going to be a lifer for sure. It's an amazing thing. So we're, we're on women, right? We're, we're talking women and hunting and we met through right. Carrie, um, right. Hershberger, burglar. She's a beast. <laughs> she, she's a beast, man. She's Dude. a beast. I, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to, follow Carrie around the woods to see what I'm not doing. Right. <laughs> we'll just say yeah. that, that, that woman is an absolute beast out in those yep. woods, man. Phenomenal. Hunter. Yeah. There's, there's, I know quite a few. Um, I'm on a pro staff, uh, promotional team with, uh, this Tanglewood guides thing. And there's a lady on there, Jamie, uh, oh shoot. I forgot her last name. Zorg. She, she's a killing machine. Like she, every year she gets something, you know, and their, their drive is, is something. I mean, I don't know if you've seen all the deer that Carrie have shot. But oh, Jesus. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that she, you know, and, and she has her, her team awesome. Um, and you almost feel like she's the ringleader. <laughs> I, I'd be hard pressed to believe that she isn't. <laughs> the boys yeah. are lucky hunting with her. Yeah, she she's she's hardcore. I mean, you know, you see, I don't know if you've followed her social page, but she's hanging from ropes, you know, hundred yards below a helicopter being flung around in the mountains. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Hard pass, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Hard pass. Sure. Hard yeah. Pass. Uh, with the wimp with the women thing, um, I'm like was crazy elk. I'm, I got the design done yesterday, and uh, so I hope I'll have it out on the website for, for them to buy. But, um, it's basically a silhouette of a woman elk hunter packing out an elk. 
and it says woman up and the, the woman up came from my wife. Uh, I get to hear actually how she speaks to her uh, coworkers now that she's working from home, you know, all the zoom meetings and stuff they have and <laughs> the pro- and the problems they have. And I was back in the back room and she's like, Hey, you need to woman up. And I was like, Oh man, you know, you, you, you had the term, you know, man, man up, up, like yeah. suck it up, you know, whatever. Um, and then you had cowboy up. Um, but I just woman up. I mean, I'm not trying to say that you're, you're uh, a weakling. I'm just, those women are tough, man. And, and, uh, they can do it. And I haven't really seen a lot of things out there celebrating women. And so I thought I'd make that shirt and I think it's going to be on a hat too, but, um, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, women are tough, man. and, and to, and the, I shouldn't say the reason that I appreciate it, but to understand what we put ourselves through and the ups and downs and what it takes. And then to see them, right. They're, you know, air quoting ladies supposed to be weaker, meeker, lesser somehow. Um, and they go right. outperform us or stand right next to us on the mountain and do what we do. Um, impresses yep. the hell out of me, man. So yep. since you brought it up, let's talk, uh, the crazy L company, man. So the crazy L company, uh, like I, I launched it fully in uh, February and it's been in the works for a long time. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I've always had ideas and there's some ideas that I've come up with that at the time I had the thought, but I didn't have the know-how to make it happen. Um, and some of those things are, you know, out there now and they're doing really well. Like I used to, for my, you know, I'm I'm not trying to say I invented the bino harness, but I thought about it, and I used to carry my binoculars, well, with the strap they always came with around the neck, but then I'd always keep them in the, you know, that leather case or pleather case that they would come in, and then I would take a belt and strap around my chest because I didn't want it flipping around. If I would have had the know-how, I could say I invented the bino harness, but I didn't. You know, I'm not saying that. But, you know, so I've always had these thoughts on, on different stuff. And, um, I have one original product in the market right now. I have some more being tested this fall. And then I have on the books plans for some others, but some of them I'm I'm trying to find avenues to where I can get the cost down because if I can't get the cost at where I want it, it's really not worth for me to get it because it really wouldn't serve its purpose um because it just i just be pricing myself out of the market basically um yeah so my first product is the tag wallet and how i came up with that was um i had one one bad year in particular was when i was deer hunting somehow my tag you know i had it uh electrical tape to the antlers somehow it disappeared no idea where it went I even tried to go back and find it and I could never find it. Um, and then another year I was elk hunting. I literally got checked coming out of the hill by game warden. So I had to, I had to untape everything, let him see it and then tape it back on. Cause I was still in the field and then driving from where I got to my truck to my camp, there was another game warden. And he, I'm like, I just showed my tag to this other guy, you know, 
And he's like, no, I need to see it. So I had to give him my, you know, so I had to do the whole thing. And then, you know, when I get home, um, I took some of the meat that I wanted to be made into sausage or pepperoni and stuff, you know, and then you got to show them the tag. And then, um, then it, when you take your animal to the taxidermist, if you're going to do that, you know, it's just a whole, this whole process of taping and untaping or tying and untying. And I'm just like, man, this is ridiculous. I got to come up with something better and easier and cleaner and whatever. And so I just came up with some stuff. And the final result right now is a, uh, a ripstop nylon pouch has a zipper on the top. It kind of looks like a coin purse. It's a little bit bigger. I actually just made it bigger now um, because of the states that like Montana, um, they're basically just requiring you to print the paper from home. Um, so I made the take well a little bit bigger for that, but yeah, you just put, you know, after you get your animal, I mean, you can keep your tag in there too. Just keep it in your pack. And then when you get your animal, just notch it, put it back in there, zip it up. And then it comes with reusable zip ties. I um, mean, just tie it to wherever it needs to go on your quarters or on your antlers, whichever you're carrying at the time. And, uh, it's real easy. So if you get checked, just one little zip, there you go. And it, I mean, you want to talk about simplicity and design and, and you look at something and you go, well, damn. <laughs> when I got mine, I was like, man, <laughs> it's uh, and I, I do the same I thing. I got to the point with the tape where I don't even use a tape. I, I've been using uh like cable ties. The problem with the cable ties, yeah. if you got to pull it off, you got to have, you know, four of them, five of them in case you, you know, you're clipping right. and unclipping all the time. Yep. And, and they'll get wet, you know, and depending on what kind of paper they're at, they'll get ruined. Yeah. Here, they, here. Use a, here they use a laminate. Um, mm. And it's, it's, that stuff's pretty friggin' sturdy, man. I got some that are years and years old, but I like it. You know, with ours, we got a sign date and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And what'll happen is you use the wrong print, the wrong pen and it's bleeding um, from the moisture. So you slap it in that uh, tag wallet, man. And it's, uh, it's protected. Yeah, I had a guy uh, try to blast me on social media. He's like, why the hell would I buy this thing? I got electrical tape. And I'm like, well, electrical tape's already been invented. I can't go and sell electrical tape. If I'm going to try to, if you know, if I'm going to try to put my foot in the door, I got to come up with an original idea, something different, you know? And that electrical tape, yeah, sure, a roll is going to cost you whatever. The, I haven't bought a roll of electrical tape in a long time. I have no idea. But that pouch, it's going to last you a long time. And, you know, my belief is if you have any problems with it, if it rips, falls apart, which I don't think it will, um, uh, you know, contact us. We'll replace it. If you lose zip ties, because, you know, reusable zip ties aren't really available everywhere, um, you know, contact us. We'll send you some new ones. Yeah, I'm you know? hoping mine. I'm hoping mine gets uh, at least three uses this year, man. Yeah, that'd be great. I want to see pictures. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah! It'll definitely be on one of something, but it's <laughs> three would be awesome. Yeah, they went on uh, two bears this year already. Yeah, um, I saw that. I saw at least Johnny one. Mac, Johnny Mac from Washington backcountry, the Soulful Hunter podcast. He he got a bear and he used that, and then. My man, uh, Chris Mann from High Range Hunting, he got a bear and he used it on there. So yeah, I, I mean, think, I think that's where I saw it is uh, is High Range. Yeah, 
That was a nice bear. Yeah, first, so, that was know, his first bear, too, huh? On Chris's? Yeah, it, it was, was his first, first bear, bear, which I was actually surprised about. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm just, I don't know. I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm not doing this to be the big next huge company. I had one of the main reasons, you know, cause I like, I like creating things. I like doing things. Um, and yeah, on my side, I do have shirts and hats. Well, you know, the shirts and hats help pay for the research and development of the other stuff that's coming down the line. You know, um, I can't do it all on the tag wallets. So, um, I just want to try to work on stuff that is either original or just a twist on something different that makes it easier, you know, which the one product that's being used this fall, I have high hopes for it. And, uh, the guys that are using it, they have a YouTube channel. They're, they're pretty well-known guys. You've probably heard of them. I'm, I'm not going to say who they are yet, but, um, it's a group of guys and, uh, they're hopefully going to help me push the heck out of that thing. Cause I think it'll be a good seller. Heck yeah. And then with, uh, with the tag wallet, I can't see somebody saying, Oh, I'll get electrical tape. I mean, wh- what does the tag wallet cost? Uh, 12 bucks for a lifetime of use. So from now, so from now until the day you die. Now, if you lose it, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to re- replace it, but like if you rip it or cut it or the stitching comes out, which I don't believe it will, you know, I'll replace it. Yeah, I think, I mean, $12 for for what we see in gear expenditures and then what we see in gear expenditures for unnecessary gear. uh, Yeah. That 12 bucks, man, is uh, going a long way in that little tag wallet. That's what I was... Yeah, we got Ross on freeze for a second here. There you go. I lost you for a second there. Oh, that, yeah, you froze. That yeah, just froze up um, for a sec. We're all right though. I'm gonna just I'm gonna leave yeah. that there. I'm not gonna even edit it out. <laughs> gotcha. It was that That's short, cool. man. <laughs> so what? So, uh, what else you guys got? So I'm actually I, when you were talking about it, I have my Crazy Elk uh, Company leather patch hat on, man. That you sent me. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it's a nice hat. I mean, any well, anything with elk is nice, but I like I like the lettering and everything you use on it, and it's a it's a nice right. Yeah, um, that that hat I made a couple years ago, and I sold out um, through friends and like you know friends of friends type thing. But it's coming back. I'm gonna have like right now on the site. You know, that's actually one thing people have like like none of these are hunting hats. They're all like swag hats. Well, there's a purpose for that. Um, one purpose was is I had to launch the company. I had to shit or get off the pot and I had all these hats, but coming this July, I'm going to have a hunting line of hats. Um, and then it's going to be like the camel version. So I'll have that. I'll have that hat that you have again with the, the load and with the black. And then I'm going to have uh, a couple camouflage options and then a stocking cap for guys who like stocking caps. And then in August, I'm going to have the, the orange, the blaze orange line come out. So yeah, see, and I yep. wouldn't think I wouldn't think that you couldn't rock this in the woods, man, while you're hunting. No, I people people do. Um I just don't have it on the site right now. Like 
if you were to go on there now, I have like, uh, you know, cause I'm all about, there is not a thing in my closet like t-shirt wise. And I wear a lot of t-shirts. There is every single t-shirt I own is hunting orientated. <laughs> yeah. I like, to, I, I like, I like to show my lifestyle everywhere I go. You know, every one of my hats is a hunting, you know, hunting hat, except for when I go to football games, I'll wear my Seahawks hat. But, um, you know, other than that, I, I, I just know, you know, rep what you are, which, you know, a lot of guys don't like that. I, I know some people who are businessmen who can't do that, which, you know, it's just fine. Um, and the only time you ever see them in anything hunting is when you're actually hunting where I wear, I show what I am 24 hours a day. That's how I am, man. And, and what, what's funny is, you know, you, you meet folks and it's like, oh, you want a hat? Oh, you want a t-shirt? And it's, you start looking and it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I could take any more, <laughs> any more hats, but uh, it's funny. Cause I'll cycle through these SOBs, man. And I right yep. here on this, uh, this table, this desk. I don't know. What is that there? It's gotta be. Has got to be a dozen hats that I have in the lineup there that haven't been worn. So what I started doing is uh, I'll wear them until either the sweat is so bad that like the yeah. flex fits use their lose their shape, <laughs> or right. you have one that's for specific activities. Right? I got this one for rucking. I got this one for the woods. I got this one for the archery range. My wife calls it right. my uniform. Yeah, yeah, I. I <laughs> I try to wear my hats according to what I'm wearing. I guess I'm fashionable in that respect. <laughs> if I got a brown shirt, I'm going to wear a brown hat. That's right. You know, if I got a green shirt, I'm going to wear a green hat. Some maybe sometimes a black hat. You know, stuff like that. But yeah, it, I've I've taken so many hats to the garbage. It's not even funny. But I still have. I got these things on Amazon and I can't remember the name of them, but they just go behind a door. It's like a rope and it has like these, these little lips on them and it's on the back of my door. Now I, I want to say it holds, I got like 40 hats on there right now. I mean, I can't even wear that in a month. Yeah, it's, the hats are fine. And, and you said you walk into the trash can. I mean, I, uh, over uh, just across from me, I have a rack here in the garage has my boots and some ammo, empty ammo cans and whatnot on it. And that's where I put all the, we'll call them discarded hats i have a hard time throwing them away <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 hard it's like because when you see them like there's been a couple hats i'm like oh no i'm not ready to get rid of that one even though i know i'm probably not going to wear it but it's like you know i shot this bull yeah, with my exactly. uncle on that day you know like i have a hat in my man room it's gonna hang there till the day i die it was you know i wore that hat it was the very first silk i ever got and that's just, you know, a memory hat. Um, yeah, but you can't keep everything forever, especially when the wife's like, you got a box full of hats here. You don't even wear them and they're dirty and they smell. I'm like, okay, I'll get rid of them. Mine are remanded to the garage with me, so we're good. <laughs> we are good. We were talking, you know, before we hit record and I said I was going to bring it up and we were talking kind of politics in this current state of affairs. And, and I don't really necessarily want to get into that because that's a rabbit hole that we could talk about for hours, but you mentioned right. something about balance. Um, and I think right. that's important, right? Is finding balance in anything we do. So why don't you chomp on that a little bit? 
So you want me to talk about exactly what I told you? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You don't necessarily have to make it politics, but I I think that that kind of goes into most things in our life. Right. Well, that, you know, that's another thing too. Like I said uh, earlier, kind of like the evolution of a hunter, you know, when I was young and single, I mean, I was in the woods from September till December 31st. And if I could hunt ducks into January, I was doing it. You know, I had a really good friend that we were just all the time. And I had to find myself apologizing to his wife saying, Hey, I'm sorry that he's gone so much. And she's like, Ross, if you weren't with him, he'd be out there by himself. You know, um, from that kind of hunter to, you know, I met my wife when I was 40. So I was later in life and, um, and I end up having kids, I have, you know, two daughters, one six and one's four. And so all my vacation time and all my free time isn't hunting like it used to be. Um, so I kind of, you know, I have to, if I'm going to spend three weeks hunting, I got to spend three weeks with my wife, you know, um, and, and with the kids. And I mean, she, she still gets it. She, I mean, she can tell when I need to be in the woods because she'll just say, she's like, you need to get out of here. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a dick. You're a dick right now. You need to go to the mountains. And I'm like, okay, I'm going, you know, <laughs> no argument so, there. Yeah. So, she, I mean, she knows how important it is to me. And there's a lot of times I get frustrated. Um, like you see somebody like on a trip you were supposed to be on and you know, they went and like everybody in the group got something and it was like, I should have been there, you know, and you kick yourself, but you know, you, you gotta, I don't know how I sit back and I look and I don't know how, like, you know, guys do it. I mean, I, I praise them for being able to do it to be gone that much and still be married and still have kids. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I want. I don't want to say I feel guilty, but now that I have kids, I I love being with my kids, um, and and uh, eventually, instead of me being at home with them doing whatever they want to do, it's going to be our time together is going to be out in the woods because, like this is past spring, I took my six year old um, turkey hunting for the first time, and you know I drove two hours to this place, and I. My plan was just to walk roads, you know, nothing serious um, because I didn't really know how far she was going to be able to hike or anything. And it it rained that that morning and I told her, I said, hey, you know, we're going to stay on the roads. That way you'll stay dry and, you know, the roads will be easy hiking for you. Cause I didn't, I don't want to push them and ruin them. Like, Oh, I'm never going, you know, I'm never going out in the woods again. Daddy took me up this mountain and yelled at me because I couldn't get up or, you know, um, well, we were, you know, going down the roads and here she is. She's like, Oh, that's a pretty flower. And she'd take off into the bush and then we'd be back on the road. And then, um, she'd take off after something else in the bush. And, you know, eventually it was like, I think we were maybe an hour into the hike, maybe. And she was drenched and she's like, daddy, I want to go home. I'm like, I thought to myself, man, I just drove two hours to get here to hunt for an hour. You got to be kidding me. But, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay. I said, okay, honey, we'll we'll go back. But it ended up being 
cool. She really, she talked about it for days afterwards and she really liked it. And she's like, when are we going to go back again? But the thing on that hunt, when we were walking the roads, it was, I mean, do you get, do you have slugs in California? Okay. We, I mean, we have slugs up here too, but I have never in my life seen as many slugs on this one part of the road. I mean, you know, normally I see a slug, I'll see one, you know, maybe a couple. Within 150 yards, we counted over 200 slugs. It was like, I'm like, what is going on here? And she was just loving it. You know, she was just down there counting them all and like, oh, there's another one there, you know. So she got to see things that she didn't get to see before. And so that made her all worth it. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I envy the guys that can go on, uh, you know, four or five 10 day hunts every fall and still come home to a loving wife. I don't, I don't really know if that would happen with my wife. You know, so, so for me, I'm kind of on the opposite end, right? Where my kids are, you know, my daughter's graduated college. Um, she still lives at home, of course, but I don't, I don't have the little ones to worry about. And I always said, you know, as soon as they both were athletes, as soon as fall sports are over, I've, I've been warning my wife for years. I'm going buck wild. Like there's no stopping right. me. I'm going. And uh, I think it was my boy's junior year or end of his sophomore year. He said, Hey dad, I'm done. I'm going to focus on academics. I'm not going to play football anymore. And uh, it was a little bit of a pill to swallow. And then the light came right. on and it was like, Heck yeah. This is two years early, man. I'm out. <laughs> right, right. You know? And now it's just, you know, and the wife doesn't have a problem with it, man, for the most part, as long as I, uh, what I call it is building my September credits. So as long as I build my September credits throughout the year, uh, so far, so good. <laughs> right. You know, and I think, you know, that, and I'm going to say that decision to where, you know, you turned around and, and I think that has something to do with years under the belt and wisdom um, because, right. yeah, man, I've been there. And if you don't realize that you are going on a hike and you don't look through their eyes and let them see it for what they want to see it as and try and force it, there's not going to be right. any amount of love for our passion at all. And by the time they can make those hikes they don't even want to deal with you right yeah i have that problem just like not really hunting wise but just going on family hikes i have kind of expectate when i was when i was younger i'm like if you're not going to do what i do then don't even bother coming for now for now i'm like okay i'm going to bring myself down you know I, we're going to go hiking but i'm not going to make you get up at three o'clock in the morning so we can drive where we need to be Cause I always like being at the top before it gets light. Um, yeah. You know, you just create that, create that passion for them and, and let them do their thing. And yeah. Yeah. It's I, like, I wish <laughs> you got to pack the toys and the starburst. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, those guys, I mean, I've, I, I thought about with crazy. I mean, I, I'm going to be putting out some films, um, eventually um but i'm not you know i'm not trying to make it like a like a born and raised day by day or a hush type thing i you know just occasionally i'm just going to throw out a film out there just because i like sharing stories um 
but I thought about, I thought about doing the whole day by day thing like them. And then I could use that as an excuse to my wife. Well, honey, it's my job. I got to get out there and go hunting, you know, even if it's not, even if it's not bringing any money, it was an excuse, you know, don't you get paid for work? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's that's what I say. I got to go, you know, what are you doing? Can you do this? No, I got to go to work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So shoot, man, what do you have? Uh, what's on the book? So you said you're going to Montana this year. Um, what else you got coming up for the season, man? It's fast approaching. So this fall, I have uh, two uh, a friend that drew a special permit, basically in the unit right behind my house, the one that I grew up hunting in, and I know, like, I know it by the back of my hand, and so I'm going to help him. We're actually going to be meeting here in a couple of weeks and I'm going to kind of show him some spots that I know and probably set up some trail cameras. Um, and then I have another buddy. Uh, he has a malt in Washington. Um, they have a multi-season draw. It's, it's basically in, I want to say it's in March and you can put in for it. And um, they have an ungodly amount of deer tags, but they only have a really small limit of elk tags. But because in Washington, you can only hunt. If you're going to archery hunt, you can only archery hunt. If you're going to muzzleloader hunt, you can only muzzleloader hunt. Well, this multi-season thing we created a while back, if you draw that tag, you can hunt all those seasons with the weapon of that season. And um, so he drew that in March, and he asked me, you know, about it. And then he's like, well, I'm putting it in for these draws. And if I don't, if I don't get drawn for these draws, you know, you want to go to this place. I'm like, dude, I know the perfect place to take it. And it's like a... It's not very deep. It's probably six miles in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to help him on that hunt and then help that other guy. And then basically I'm just be taking my niece hunting. Uh, I have a friend whose daughter just got her hunter safety. We're going to try to get her out deer hunting. And then I'm going to try to fit in my uh, archery deer hunts wherever I can in between there and then do my uh, rifle elk hunt with my buddies here in Washington. And then I'm going to Montana after that. Okay, so that's a good amount of time in the woods, man. Yeah. Well, my wife's understandable. I mean, the past, <laughs> the other thing besides mentorship is I love helping people. And um, anybody knows that they got an elk down and I'm within driving distance. They can call me. I'll come help them get it out. Um, and I just love, I love just being out there. And so any excuse I can come up with that my wife understands, I'll do it. You got to lead her down the the path of understanding sometimes. Right. I'm like, oh, man, but I'm like, he's in a hole by himself. It's going to take him four days to get that elk out. I need to go help him. <laughs> so, I, so I just got some <laughs> results back, and uh, there's, a, there's a tag I was particularly happy for. And... Uh, <laughs> the email came through and I didn't even opened it. Hopefully my wife doesn't hear this. And uh, so it come in there, you know, it popped up on the phone and I'm sitting next to her and I threw my hands up in the air and then my, right. my work phone rang. So I picked it up and I'm talking and, you know, out of curiosity, of course, she's like, you know, what was that about? Oh, <laughs> this tag. <laughs> I was already playing. <laughs> I'm already plotting on the importance of that tag, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nice. Hopefully, so what tag is it? Uh, it's just it's uh, a decent hunt. We'll call it here. It's not a premier zone, but it's uh, it's a good tag. Um, it's a 
uh, early season tag. And uh, yeah, there's some some good bucks in this in this area. So on top of top of my regular tag, that one was uh, definitely a plus for me to see that. But nice. Yeah, I had to share the importance with her, you know, three, four weeks early. (laughs) Right, right. She she knows opening date now, so we're good. So, man, why don't you yeah. drop uh, where folks can find the crazy elk uh, on social, the the dot com um, and those things. Yeah, just uh, look up the crazy elk company on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on there. And my website is www.crazyelkcompany.com. And, and like I said, the. The camel stuff I'm going to have out there is coming in July and then the blaze orange stuff's hitting in August. So for everybody listening, um, and I'm, you're going to have to remind me what it is. Cause I got stuff written down somewhere, not in front of me. Um, but go grab the tag wallet. Um, there's a Western contours code that you can use. Um, Ross, why Western, don't you drop Western's, that? It's Western C capital W. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Shoot. It's Western C. Uh, I think it is capital W. Yeah, I think it's when you posted that thing when we were doing the giveaway thing, it was under there. I think it's capital W and then capital C, Western C. I'll post the link in the uh, in the show notes here, and then I'll include it on the post on uh, on Instagram. But you guys go grab that tag wallet. Um, Yeah, and right now uh, everything because I'm trying to clear out some inventory. uh, Most of everything. Like T-shirts and hats, most of it's all ten bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, so go buy a bunch of stuff for ten bucks. Get the tag wallet and use that code, and you don't have you don't have to pay shipping. There you go, supporting a small startup. Ain't nothing better than that, in my opinion, man. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So I appreciate the time. It was good catching up with you, man. And I wish you the best this season. Uh, keep me posted on uh, on how those hunts go, man. I will. And, uh, you know, if you ever feel like you want to come up here and chase some, uh, West side elk three pointer better, let me know. Heck yeah, man. We, uh, we get through the city. Of, what is it now? The, uh, the country of Chaz or Chad or whatever. Yes. Well, they change it. They change it from Chaz to Chop. But yes. Yeah. When they chop that down, then we'll uh, we'll probably be talking, man. As if LA isn't crazy enough. I'm staying away from Washington it, for you know, a minute. All I mean, that's all happening like an hour north of me, and where I'm at, there's been a couple, you know, people riding and breaking crap. But for the most part, where I'm at, it's. They know that we all have guns. So they don't bother coming down these right. roads. Yeah, that's uh, that's some benefit. <laughs> yeah. All right, before we turn south on the political front, man, I'll, <laughs> I appreciate the time, brother. You guys have a great season. And, uh, yeah, we'll be talking, man. All right, you too. Take easy, guy. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. 
We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. The purpose of Valley to Peak is to provide sound nutritional information supported by science to help you prepare and perform optimally in the backcountry. There's no secret. This is done through education, coaching, and programming based on personal goals and preferences. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com or catch them on Instagram at V2P Nutrition.